This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 174. You know, the beauty of being in the real estate business 44 years, if you're in a slump for four years, that's only 10% of your career. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, man? Hey, not much. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. What's new, what's new in the Dorkin household? Well, by the time this show airs, I probably will have returned from a little family vacation. That's which true. Which I'm, is, uh, I'm excited to get rid of you. Pretty excited. Yeah. I just found that out that you're going to be completely off the grid for a week and I don't have to hear you for a whole, like, I celebrated a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Are you, <laughs> you're not a nice person. You know, like, I know. I, I celebrate because so I'm glad for people. you. I'm happy I for get you. grief no. from people that I'm the bad guy, that I'm the mean guy in the relationship here. <laughs> you know, you're the abusive wife, Brandon. I'm you the abusive wife. That. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> anyway, you're going on vacation. That's exciting. I'm excited yeah, for you. Well, I asked to come with, but you said no. I wanted yeah. to go ride in your bag, but whatever. Yeah, that that that's not going <laughs> to work out. Yeah, so pretty excited, and it'll be my first time doing a cruise, which I'm both excited and petrified of. <laughs> I don't like crowds, so I'm you know we'll we'll see how that goes. You'll love it. You'll love it. Good. I'm so jealous. I love cruises. No, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so that's going on. You know, bigger pockets, things are going well here. Family's obviously good, but we're in the midst of uh, hiring a bunch of folks. By the way, biggerpockets.com slash jobs. If you are uh, looking for a job, we we have a bunch of openings. Yeah, things are well, man. We're, we're you know, it's it's just so much fun doing this. We impact so many people and I don't know, I'm just, I'm I'm loving it. Actually, a, a cool you little thing. You gonna cry? I'm, you gonna squirt oh, some? Oh, stop. <laughs> I, you know I cry. I'm just not gonna do it. It's pretty cool. Today, if you are, I think we talked about this before, but Bigger Pockets is up on the, the Google Play Store. Uh, so if you're an Android user, you yeah. can find the podcast now on Google Play. What's pretty awesome is if you go on there, we are right now the number one featured business show on the Google Play yeah. podcast Eat store. Eat that, Tim Ferriss. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize we had some kind of beef with Tim Ferriss. But, you oh, know. I don't got a beef with him. I just, you know, competitive, you know, I want... Uh, oh, okay. It's the first time yeah. in my life that I'm more popular than Tim. Tim Ferriss? Well, you know, me and Timmy, we're buddies, you know, he read the 4-Hour Work Week. I wrote... The book on rental property investing, <laughs> the two best books ever written. And so that book took me a while to read, didn't it? Long, <laughs> a little long bit. time ago. A little bit. Um, anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's exciting. And I, you know, it's just, it's so much fun to be a part of this and, and do this. So anyway, um, cool. Let's get to today's. Yeah. Why don't we get to today's quick tip? tip. Right, today's quick tip is actually related to books. Um, actually, quick tip today's it's a quick favor. If you guys could do me a favor, I'm actually hoping to get more of our books in libraries. And the reason why is because I learned from reading books in libraries. I mean, like I read like a hundred books in libraries when I got started. We want to be able to repay that favor. So libraries don't just naturally carry books. You have to ask for them. So we're asking every one of the listeners of the show, all probably a hundred thousand people will hear this. Please just call up your local library and say, hey, do you have the book on rental property investing or the book on flipping houses by Jay Scott or the book on managing rental properties or whatever. And it just do us a big favor and hopefully help out thousands of more people who can read our content, uh, even though they can't maybe buy the book. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Great tip. Great tip. Yeah, please do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's how libraries know what to order is by people asking. So ask. All right. Let's get okay. on with this thing. 
Yeah. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day, plus Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, rental retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Well, today, you guys, we have a. I, I know I say this a lot. You guys are probably tired of hearing <laughs> it, but do I ever disappoint? Come on, you never disappoint. All right, today's show is is really cool. We've got a guy. He's he's kind of a legend in his area. He's been th this guy has been in the game for forty four years yeah. now. Like, you know, that's somebody I want to listen to. That's somebody I want to learn from. You know, and what's exciting is he's had ups and he's had some serious downs and, you know, he comes out of it loving real estate, still kicking butt. He's done over a hundred flips in the last three years. He's done over 2000 transactions. Yeah. That's not like he doesn't own 2000 units. He's done over 2000 transactions in real estate. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. That's he's impressive. Done, yeah, he's done pretty much everything. So we kind of yeah. cover everything today, which is cool. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, there's no super deep focus, but just talking to, 
this guy talking to this guy is kind of like sitting down with your local wise mentor and, and learning from him. And that's kind of the approach we took. So let's bring him on. This is Dave Short. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I get the feeling that you're kind of a legend in your part of the state. I had a couple people tell me that we should interview you, and I'm kind of excited to learn from the legend here, Dave. So why don't we start at the beginning of Legendary Dave? How'd you get started? I left a factory job in 1973 and decided to sell real estate. Okay. So I started selling real estate, and I sold, owned some real estate companies, always had my hands in investing because I don't think I ever really liked selling real estate. But I did it, and I was pretty good at it, so I kept doing it. And then we get more and more, and as we progressed into the 80s, we start buying single-family homes and had a nice little lease option portfolio up to about 100 houses. Wow. And then uh, my partner didn't want to do that anymore. He wanted to own a golf course, so we sold all of them, but 32, which I took the 32 and built it back up to another 100 and managed that lease option portfolio for 12, 13 years. Okay. So, but sold real estate during that time. My wife was our property manager and she was very good at it. So, uh, I got to golf and she managed properties and I sold real estate. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, that worked out. There's about yeah. 20 hours of content we you just crammed into that uh like 30 seconds. So, well, uh, but that only gets us to like 1981. <laughs> so, so what happened in the last 3 decades? Well, the last 3 decades I uh, was partner in real estate a couple of real estate companies and um, didn't like that. So I started getting into investment more and more. And uh, after we built our inventory up and you know, taking a jumping 20 years, because everything went great for 20 years, jumping into the 04, 05, the lease option principle or our model didn't do very well. Uh, and we, we kind of grasped it early where it, it all of a sudden my wife came to me and says, you know, our cash flow typically been ten to twelve thousand dollars a month, and she says, "You know, we're only making five grand this month. We got a couple properties back. We had to put them back in service, which cost five to seven thousand at a time." And she come back to me, and a couple months later, and says, "We're not making any money this month." Mm-hmm. Then she come back to me a couple months later and says, "We're going to lose about ten grand this month." Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, we had to make some changes. And decided to do that, and with our inventory started to really push the liquidation of it. I came home one evening from um, selling real estate, and my wife's kind of sitting there crying, and she says, I'm ready to go to work for McDonald's. I can't do this. Mm, So it's too stressful, and I said, okay, then we'll start the liquidation process. And got them all liquidated, but about you know, 40 of them. Then we sold them to an operator who wanted to get into my business. And I was pretty straightforward with the guy and said, Hey, you know, I'm experienced. I'm really good at this. Why do you want to do this? I'm warning you. I'm telling (laughs) you, this is not, no, no, I can do this. I can do this. So he sold, he bought the balance of our portfolio and my wife worked with his manager for a year and a half and it didn't go well because they couldn't manage the property. You know, my philosophy has always been in, in our business is the management is the key to success in real estate. The real estate is just the vehicle. Mm-hmm. You can manage the car, you can manage the real estate, but you got to manage that end of it. And most of the people that are not successful in this side of the business, I think they just, they fail to manage the asset that they have. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was not a model that we liked at that point. So you guys sold that the 40 unit portfolio. Your wife was working there. They couldn't manage it. What happened there? I mean, they just kind of. It just, got, that, that portfolio just went away. And I actually helped some of the banks liquidate some of the properties for them and, and worked with them. And, uh, you know, they were just in a mess and couldn't solve the issue because yeah. of their lack of management. We just, we helped them all we could to get them. Yeah. To, to make it work, but they just couldn't make it work. And we were in really tough times at that point. And I told them they were over overextending themselves. They were, you know, getting mortgages at 110% of value, 120. I said, this model will not work. Don't do this. Right. So, but people have to live and learn sometimes. And yeah. uh, I, I was one of those guys. Yeah. So yeah, and, and we're we're glancing through a, a, I know. a you know decades of a career here, but <laughs> but since we're kind of doing the glancing, we might as well finish. So you unload that portfolio, your wife gets out. Um, you now have a portfolio. It sounds like of nothing, but you've liquidated. What, what is that correct? And then what did you do from there? Obviously, you're still well, in the game. So I, I was I was selling real estate. I really always thought I could outsell my mess. And uh, the the times got pretty tough where I really couldn't do that. Yeah. So you know we we basically hand to mouth for two or three years and just kept kept moving forward with that, knowing that we could be successful in the you know in the long term. And now we were dealing with the short term. So you know we got you know we were living you know like a lot of people do hand to mouth off credit cards and things that we shouldn't have been done knew knew better than to do, but we did it. Yeah. To, to survive. And so the house flipping business, the market starts to turn a little bit and we were really good flippers and we, we knew how to do that. Uh, we now didn't have the bank's backing that we had prior to. I mean, the bank was, was I can't blame the bank for my, my failures in it, but they kept changing the terms on how we were successful with them. So yeah. it made it so much harder for us to do our flipping business. I mean, we hadn't, you know, we had had one of the banks here locally and we hadn't missed a payment or done anything for 11 years. And they called $2 million due on us because they didn't mm. want to be in that market wow. anymore. So we wow. had to um, do what we did as part of the liquidation of the portfolio and some of that stuff to get out of it. So to a point, they, you know, they took our livelihood away a little bit, but it was it's still on my wife and I. Yeah. Well, push come to shove in 07, 08, we were, yeah, I hate to use it, it's a big number, like a million and a half bucks. And our we thought our alternative was to file bankruptcy. So and you were a million in debt at that point? We were a million point five in debt. Wow. At that Holy point. Smokes. And uh, we just thought our you know, and there was some mortgages secured with that stuff, so it wasn't that. You know, it was a it was a big number. So, you know, my wife and I did some big, big soul searching, and we thought we could get in the flipping business. I knew the real estate business. I was still making a modest living doing that. And I knew I could do better if I worked harder. You know, we made the decision. We wanted investors and to go and go into the flip business and try to get that model. But our opinion was, hey. We can't default on investors and expect new people to loan us money. Yeah. Right. So we threw bankruptcy out the window as an alternative. So then we just started busting our butts. We went to our debtors. We went to our banks, worked out uh, modifications and these kind of things. They were pretty good working with us. And they basically, I kind of had to point out to them that 
uh, they were now not my bank, but they were my partner. Yeah. So let's let's work together and try to get this problem solved. No, and they they were pretty good about that. What was all this? I mean, you said some of the debt was mortgages. A lot of it was. I mean, were you just buying? Did you just have like lines of credit through the bank that you were doing properties with? Is that what the idea was? Yes, we had lines of credit, and okay. we had some flips that didn't sell that we had to rent. And the you know we didn't have enough money to fix them up, so they weren't in the quality that we were used to renting. But they were rented, and some cash flow. And I had several properties that we had mortgages on, but I had partners on. And if the bank took these properties back, then these partners lost their money or would potentially lose their money. Yeah. And, you know, when we met with the banks and their attorneys, I said, that's not an alternative. Let's work this out. These guys are going to be made whole and you give me a couple of years and I'll work this out and we will get everybody whole right. to the situation. And, you know, me deeding in lieu was not an option. I just was not going to do that. I said, look, I'm clever enough. I can keep you guys off a long time, and I don't want to do that if I'm going to pay you back. Yep. And I am going to pay you back. So that was kind of the, um, you know, the premise. And they said, okay, we buy into that, and, you know, here's, here's some things that we'll do. And we suggested some of the things that we can do and, and, and not default. I mean, one of the banks that was bizarre – they had me, you know, this pushes up to 2011, 2012. They had me uh, four months behind in my mortgage payment, and I had made every payment on time for four years. Nice. So, you know, I just said, okay. Then he says, well, you need to get current with this. And I said, but the bank says you're taking it all off my principal if I'm not current. So you tell me why I should get current with you. Because you're taking all my $4,000 a month payment off, off my principal. Yep. So we ended up finally negotiating through that. And it was just, um, it was painstaking for us. But, you know, things started to turn around. And I, I'd had a, a good friend of mine who uh, come to me and said, Dave, you're the only guy I trust to flip houses. I just sold my business. Here's all the money you need to do what you need to do. Oh, wow. My, God, my godsend came. Wow. And, so... Um, before we get into that, I want to ask you a quick question. And I have one when you're done. Okay. So how, do you have any words of wisdom for people that are in that same position that you were in back then that are really like right now, they're maybe underwater on, maybe maybe not as bad as you, but they're just, they're lost. They're struggling. They're having, you know, the banks calling their mortgage due or they're trying to flip a house and it's not selling or, you know, they're just like scared. Uh, would you have any advice for those people that are listening that are going through Absolutely, that? Absolutely. Because it's some of the things that I did when we were trying to put packages together with the bank or talking to individual investors. I would call friends and mentors and people that I trusted in, in the real estate industry. And I just bring three or four of them together and say, look, my mind's so clogged on what to do to here. Cause I'm, I'm frightened. I don't like this. I've never not paid my bills. I said, you need to help me get a solution. So I bring in, you know, I brought in clearer heads yeah. To look at to look at my problem and say, okay, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? Is the house up to snuff? Let's do this. So it was just a combination of bringing in different people to to open up my eyes because I think every house, you know, buying and selling today, every house has two to four solutions. So it's just not one solution for every house, and every one of my. So it's kind of it. it it works. It brings people in. It it 
it lets them know your integrity and your credibility to make it right, whether it's them or somebody else that's not getting paid today. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. So, yeah, yeah, and we talk about that a lot on the podcast, you know, going in with various exit strategies, not just having a singular singular mindset, I'm going to flip this house. Well, good, good for you. And what if it doesn't work out? Then what? And what if that doesn't work out? Then what? You know, having that plan ahead of time is going to save your skin when things don't work out because they're not always going to. I, you know, I want to kind of follow up on Brandon's question and then I, I want to finish the story. It sounds like you're doing a whole heck of a lot of flipping now, but we'll get there really quickly. Why stay in the game? I mean, you're a million plus down. You know, you've just, you've had a headache after headache. You know, certainly things went well, but you had this, you know, this time where you're living hand to mouth. I mean, just the business, it sounds like was pretty good for a while and then was just really not good at all. You know, why why just stay? Why didn't you move on and find another path, you know, to kind of surviving or, you know, living your life? Why stay in real estate? Well, I never did not love it. Okay. And with the exception of two years or three years or four years, whatever the time is, is that it it was always good to me and I yeah. knew it would be good to me and, and I, I had people hanging out that were what I classify as, you know, for lack of a better, little old ladies or people's money that I have that right. entrusted me with it. And that, that money had to be, you know, had to be gotten back to them. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no, you know, from that standpoint, there was no exit strategy. And I knew, you know, good times would come back again. It's like, you know, the beauty of being in the real estate business 44 years, if you're in a slump for four years, that's only 10% of your career. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's the, my son who works for me, he, he's like said, man, is it ever going to, he started in the worst time ever. Is it ever going to get good? Yeah. And I said, you know, it's only been bad 50% of the time you've been in. So <laughs> get you a few more years in and it's like anything else. He's killing it right now. Yeah. So you take the long approach. It out. That's right. It's, um, you know, it, I don't know what I would have done had I not been in real estate. And, and really, I'm pretty clever, and I was really good at it, still am. And uh, I just I can't wait to get up every day and go to work. No, that's great. That's cool. That's great. Well, well, let's kind of finish the story. You know, the flipping is getting interesting. It sounds like you've been really focused on that the, the past bunch of years. Bring us up to modern times. Well, my real estate, um, uh, I use this in a lot of classes I teach on flipping, is why I'm not a real estate broker is that I would rather have a dead rat in my mouth and put a buyer in my car and show houses. Wow. So that that's puts a, that's it a colorful picture. Right? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, Brandon, you want to try out the dead rat thing? No, no, I, I, well, I, 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 I agree with him. I don't want to show houses either. So no, no. <laughs> so it, you know, it was just one of the things that I, hell, I've lost my train of thought here. <laughs> you were, uh, something about rats and uh, you're, you're being hungry. I'm not well, sure. <laughs> you know, the, the flipping come back around for me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my friend come to me, unfortunately, uh, my friend passed away before we really got to do some, got to do some business. And another person come through with some of his money and he wanted to learn the real estate business. So he kind of put me back on the map again. Okay. And unfortunately, that partnership didn't work out, but we were very successful in doing it. Mm-hmm. And so at that point in time, I knew I had the confidence and I had paid 
a high percentage of my investors back, and they actually have come back into the fold and my are my investors again. Okay. So okay. Uh, if people don't, you know, if you treat them, talk to them, work it out with them, you know, they'll they'll be back. I mean, they'll come back and do more business with you. There you go. I love that. So, so how many? Uh, you've been flipping for a while now. How how many uh, flip deals have you done in the past bunch of years? In the past four years, three and a half years, we're on number 111. Wow. That's amazing. So you are seriously flipping now. We I are mean, seriously like, flipping. I, I want to I talk about how you do that many flips because that's yeah. overwhelming to me. There's a lot of stuff to talk about here. I don't know. I don't, you know how, do we, <laughs> how, do you, how do you dissect a 44-year career with, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds. Of, how, how many transactions do you think you've done in your entire career to, overall? I was trying to figure that. We think it's you know, over 2,000. Wow. Holy smokes. Uh, and counting real estate transactions because I averaged selling in the heydays. I was selling... $22, $23 million of real estate a year in Indianapolis. So wow. we were pretty and that, big. And that's that's a lot for a market where the average house costs like $6, right? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We've got it way up now to when I was doing it, it was, um, you know, in the 115 120 was my average sale price. Okay. Was that, is that throughout uh, the, the past X number of years or where, where is yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm, I've never been in the high end. You know, okay. we have some big sales, but because of flipping and, the houses that we deal with, we tend to be around 120. Okay. So I might start picking on Indianapolis, by the way. <laughs> Detroit has, has faced my wrath for a while. I, I think it might be time to... You yeah. can't pick on us. We're pretty solid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so let's, get, let's get an idea real quick of what your market looks like. What is a typical house that you flip? What's it typically cost you buy? What do you typically end up putting into it? And what do you typically sell it for? If you had to pick averages. Probably the last couple flips that we closed one of them we closed yesterday we bought it for 75 okay we put about 27 in it okay and we sold it for 125 first day on the market two offers okay so they're like just these base hit deals that just basic you know bread and butter type flips we're closing one monday same thing that we bought it for 130 we put about uh, 60 in that house and sold it for 230 okay so, what's your average, you know, rehab time on 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 these uh, flips? The cookie cutters, we try to be in and out in 120 days. We'll buy it, rehab it, put it on the market, sell it, and close it between 90 and 120 days. Nice, nice. So pretty quick. And what what does your team look like? I mean, is I, I for those people him, listening, you got, him, you got him on camera. I was going to say, <laughs> and, Dave uh, is not the guy uh, who's. Um, I uh, I'm. Uh, my wife is the um, uh, CGO, which she calls herself, was the chief, chief gopher operator. Oh, nice. Chief gopher <laughs> operator. I like that. And um, I have, you know, we have three, we have bits and pieces of three or four contractors. We have one guy that effectively works for us full time. But we, it's my wife and I basically, and we manage the, manage the transaction. Okay. You know, my wife's unbelievable. She's just can get so much done in a day for being, um, you know, I've got her really teched up. I've got her into the early 2000s, maybe on her. <laughs> she's using day. Facebook. Uh, she's using MySpace to kind of find oh, out. No, no. she, you know. she's, she's using a yellow pad to fill out the, the sheets <laughs> of investors to, to get them over. There's no spreadsheets. And so you're a little old school in how you do your business. We're, we're unbelievably old school. No, but it's working. It works for us. It keeps us, uh, we're both fairly organized. We get along great, so we don't have 
you know, the arguments she'll say, you know, she called me yesterday and said, and was laughing. She said, I'm so excited. And I said, what's that? What are you so excited for? And she says, well, we just done our 23rd flip this year. And you said we were only going to do 24. So we've only got one more to go. <laughs> nice. So uh, I'm sure she'll hold you to that. I'm sure she'll, she'll try <laughs> to hold me to that. And there's no better way to keep a good relationship with your wife when to have her live somewhere else and have her call you when she needs to talk to you. I mean, that's the best way to have a relationship. Yeah, she's pretty solid, so I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think she. Now, I may have to buy a house every like. I've got two houses bought now that she don't know about. Oh, I, <laughs> well, I, she's I have, about to find out. Well, I have to wait a week or so till we get a couple of these. We've got like four flips closing in the next seven days, and that's very stressful for her to get the inspections and all that stuff done. So I can't put anything new on her plate. I'll just wait till she gets those done. And then I say, yeah, need to turn the power on these houses. Or stuff. So You guys have a great relationship. We do. We really do. That's so cool. So, so can I, can I jump in real quick? Okay. Yeah. So some people that are listening to this have spouses, you know, they're married or they have significant others that they're living with and, and their significant other doesn't share the same dream. You know, they don't have like, I mean, because I'm, my wife loves the real estate thing. Your wife loves it. But what do you do if your spouse doesn't love it? Like, how can you convince them or at least encourage them to, to, to support you the way that your wife supports you? Do you have any tips there? Well, you know, I would, you know, you've got to make them a part of it. And, and unfortunately I've bought a lot of transactions from, from guys that their wives didn't get it Mm -hmm. or just had no interest in the real estate. And it's, it's a t- you know, I think it's very tough to do that, but you got to let them somehow share in the wealth of the success of what you're doing in the real estate business. And then they'll, you know, they'll catch on. You know, if they've got a $1,000 gift certificate to their favorite shopping place after you close a flip, then they're going to think, huh, when's the next one closing? Ah, that's a well, great idea. Is, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So you got to get them, you know, get them where they're vested in, in getting this you know, getting your, getting your deal done and, and appreciate oh, yeah. what you do to get there. You know, a lot of wise, you know, and the guys don't do it. I, I, I've told some of my people that are looking for, for me for mentorship. And I said, you know, ask her to help you decorate it. Is your yeah. house beautifully decorated? And she says, it's great. I said, ask her to do that. She'll yeah. quickly get involved in your process with you. Yeah. We've got a, uh, there's, there's a listener out there. Her name is Heather Turner. Um, it's the wife of Brandon. That is my wife. uh, Yeah. I, I, you know, I think she was telling me the other day. Oh, you were talking to my wife. I was. And she was telling (laughs) me about how she really wants Brandon to be hooking her up with that thousand dollar. I'm I'm sure she does. I will have, you know, just (laughs) two weeks ago, she went to Hobby Lobby to buy something. And so I handmade her a $500 gift certificate on the computer on Photoshop for Hobby Lobby. And I texted her Hobby Lobby and I texted her a picture of it. And I said, uh, you know, thanks for all your hard work on everything. Go buy a bunch of stuff. So she was very happy. That's cool. Look at me. I'm a good husband. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> you, all right. You better be because I know you guys are spending a lot of hours. In that is true. Yeah. yeah, that is true. So uh, you want to – I want to jump uh, into how you find these deals. Uh, that's what I was going to No, go. I was going to go there first. Sorry. You know, what? You know hey, what? Dave, how are you finding these deals? <laughs> Dang it. We buy probably 70% of our deals at our local sheriff's sale courthouse. Really? Yeah. It's pretty amazing when people I, – I try to get my – I've got my own network out there. I have three or four really good wholesalers that I buy something from, and one of them you know, did a uh, – Ben Grice, who did a Bigger Pockets with yeah. you guys. Yeah, he's been on I the buy, show. I bought Ben's first deal. 
Oh, that's cool. cool. And I've bought probably six or seven from him. But him and a couple other guys that wholesale for me, I've kind of trained them that if they want me to go on their initial appointment with their wholesaler to look at the property, give them my opinion without obligation, and I will give them a buy number. So if they want to go back and negotiate with the person, say, look, you know, typically I'm 60 days on this option, but if we can get the deal together today, we'll close in a week. Okay. And they can use my bid as the as their buy number. And, you know, I have no issue with what a wholesaler makes as long as I can make my numbers within the yep. within the parameter. So yep. we buy a lot from wholesalers. Century 21 firm that I work, work through is they know I'm a flipper. They know I don't argue with their fees. And I probably get three or four transactions a year from other agents who don't want to deal with a crummy house. Yep. I went out on one today with one of our agents here and I think I'll get it. It's a it's an unbelievable deal. I'm very excited about it. You know, I'm yep. buying it for 140 and it's a 240 house with 40 or 50 grand and wow. she said that it's in an estate and the people don't want to mess with it. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to list it. The neighbors don't want a bad sale price coming through and I said, "Hey, I'm your guy." That's that's amazing. That's the value of of those relationships and being a part of a network. And I love that you had talked about that at the sheriff's sale and your network. I, I know Brendan and I have been feverishly writing questions as, as you've been talking here. I, I jumped on the, the part with the wholesalers because, you know, that, that's something that a lot of new investors go to and, you know, they think, Hey, that's the best path to go. And, you know, it, it's so cool that you do what you do, which is you help out these young wholesalers, help them find their way. They don't have to be young in age, but, uh, you know, young at heart, I guess. What, what makes a good wholesaler for the people listening who say, I want to, you know, it'd be so cool if I could link up with a guy like David in my market and, you know, feed him great deals and not have to worry that I'm going to have somebody to buy them. How did these guys go about finding great deals? What should they be doing? Well, I think a good wholesaler is he has to hone his skills to be able to negotiate with a seller. He's been put in front of somebody that wants to sell their house at a price. That yeah. seller probably doesn't know what that price is today. Mm-hmm. The wholesaler certainly doesn't know what the price is. So he needs to go in, make that seller feel warm and fuzzy, trusting. To, for a wholesaler, in my mind, to get a good transaction, he has to be light and, and the seller has to feel that he's honest with him. And you know what? You can be honest with these sellers and still get a great deal because they want to sell their house. It, it's not necessarily when it when it leaves win win for a seller or a buyer. It's when the, it's time for the wholesaler to get out because somebody's probably trying to take advantage of somebody. Right. And and these wholesalers they don't negotiate almost in good faith. It's wholesaling. I don't think is a cat and mouse game to be really successful. It's you need to go and sit next to the person at the table versus across from the person. Sure. If that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the, the the interesting thing is that I think, you know, through the seminars and a lot of the other folks out there that are, you know, trying to tell wholesalers, you know, they they there is a lot of that, you know, you got to get your best dollar. You got to take, you know, and, and the people who are who build sustainable wholesaling businesses, I believe, at least in my experience talking to them, you know, they are 
they are never taking advantage of people. They are always working to find a solution to a problem that a seller has. And, you know, the seller would be, the seller would be putting a house on the market at retail if they were able to. There's a reason that these people are typically trying to unload these properties because there's an issue. There's something underlying happening, right? Absolutely. And, and the, you know, one of the best courses that I took, it was probably 30 years ago I took this course. It was a uh, negotiation and interviewing seller course. And it was amazing that the questions that a wholesaler doesn't ask a seller. And you have to know everything about them down to where, okay, when you get your money, what are you going to do with it? That's, you don't know how, I mean, that's exceedingly important because you have, for you to do a deal with them, you have to solve their problem. Right. And you have to get to that problem. And if you can't ask the right questions, then you'll never get to that problem and you'll never get a solution Yeah. with that. Because when a wholesaler called, well, I've got this, he's saying, I said, well, you know, what's the O on it? Well, I'm not sure. You know, well, you know, what's, how's he tried to market it before? Well, I'm not sure. What's right. he done here? I, well, I'm not sure. I said, you need to ask, you, ha- you have to have answers to all of these questions before right. I can give you any sort of, you know, I've bought a lot of, I bought a few wholesale deals where the seller financed me. And yeah. it's been, you know, it's like, okay, you know, what are you going to do with your money? Well, I just, you know, we don't know. We're just going to put it in the bank. And I said, well, how would you like to get $10,000 more for your deal? Yeah. Well, how can I do that? And I said, well, why don't you sell me your deal at no money down? I'll give you a first mortgage for your money, and I'll give you 20% of the profit when I sell the deal. Yeah. How much could That's that great. be? I said, oh, I could be seven or 8000 bucks. He said, well, why wouldn't I do that? I said, I don't know. I <laughs> so can, can I dive into that again? Because I, I, I can't like you basically you're saying like the person who wanted to sell the house, you offered to basically joint venture with them. Yes. And instead of just buying it from them and flipping it yourself, you offered to actually so they hold on. Now, do they have a mortgage in place and you're just doing a like a wrap no, or they own no, it free it, and clear? Well, this house happened to be free and clear. OK. So uh, and it, the question was, what are you going to do with the money when you get it? It was mom's house and. Said, well, wouldn't you like to see mom's? You know, and I met with them at their house, and they, uh, the house that I met with, they obviously did not need the money. So it was like, okay, what are we going to do with this money? And I can use it better than you can use it, and I can get you some more return for your money. That guy is now uh, one of my bigger investors. No, that's that's right. cool. Yeah, I, I'm negotiating a deal right now, like, like today. Like they had been talking to my assistant, and they're like, we're like 72, and and or they are, they're at 75. I'm at like 72 max, and that's pushing it. Uh, you know, right. after repair value of maybe like 120. Anyway, it's like it's it's like this base hit that I don't really care too much. I'm not going to make a ton of money on it, so I don't really want to budge. Anyway, that might be a really good option that I might just take is offer the lady. Look, you know, we can do your 75 that you want. Uh, or what, you know, maybe I can work that angle in there or why don't we do 72 and I'll give you part of the profits at the end, you know, cause I'm factoring in the cost of hard money to have to do it. You know, I'm gonna do hundred percent financing with hard money, which I'm paying four five, six grand for that by the time it's done. So anyway, I, I really like that idea a lot. I think that definitely opens up some more options. So that's cool. Yeah. I, the, the idea of the, the creativity, you know, I, I think it goes back to what you said in the beginning is having multiple options on the exit, but you yeah, know, this this is an idea of multiple options on the entrance too. You know, can, can I get in at a price? Can I find a win-win that works for them 
that still gets me what I need and I still get the numbers that I'm trying to need, but also finding a way to be creative to get them to where they want to go, which would work for Brandon in this case if, if they, of course, accepted something like that. I, I think it's awesome. And that's, I think those are the victories that you'll always remember. And those are the victories that I think you build your career upon. Yeah, and, the, you know, the wholesaler knows I'm going to give him all kinds of options and help him give the negatives that he needs to sell to his seller to to get this transaction. I, I You know, it's hard for me to deal with wholesalers. You know, first thing I'll ask him, I said, do you have this property under control or are you the only one in here doing this transaction? Because I don't want to negotiate with the wrong guy. And that and, happens a lot, right? Wholesalers tend to, like, all feed yeah, off each other's deals and 20 guys are working the same uh, deal. Indianapolis actually is pretty good. I don't have a lot of that, at least in the four or five wholesalers that that I try to that I try to do business with. So we really don't have a lot of that. One of the things I want to touch in real, she asked about deals and stuff, is that I'm very active in our local Syria, and I teach a class for them uh, once a month. You know, okay. attend their attend their thing. But you know, I get a lot of transactions from my group, yeah, without asking for them. Yep. Because if they have, you know, so many newbies, if you have a deal, you can place it, and make some money, you know, bring a guy in like me to help you work through that deal. You know, we're, we're going to find our own deals. We don't need to steal yours yep. yeah. and, and let us help you get your deal. And if you can't deal, I'll buy it from you. Yeah. And I've had a lot of newbies where I've said, okay, got a really good deal here if you can't do it let me know and i'll write you a check for five grand for your deal and send it over to me that's awesome yeah whenever i used to travel i would get that creeping feeling that i locked my back door how do i know my property is going to be safe while i'm away but not anymore thanks to simply safe home security i'm about to go on a three-week trip to copenhagen but am i tripping about my trip nope with award-winning security and peace of mind from simply safe i don't need to worry Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, to get six months of rent ready for $1. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. 
Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's say I'm a wholesaler in your area. And I, I'm just getting started. I just went to some, you know, I read some book or I went to a guru class or whatever. And I, I got excited about wholesaling. How do I approach you and show you that I'm serious? Great question. How do I show you that I'm not just one of the hundred other guys that just is running out from this, you know, excited. They listen to a bigger pockets podcast episode. Now they're a wholesaler. How do I show you that I'm legit? Well, is I'll, I'll ask you, I said, how are you, how do you think you'll, you'll get your leads? Here's here's what I think you should do to get leads. There's services out there that you can buy, can pinpoint zip codes and areas. Here's an area that 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 I like to buy houses in, and I've actually joint ventured with wholesalers and say, look, if it's four hundred dollars a month to market these zip codes, I'll split it with you. I just want first crack, mm-hmm. and that way, if you can sell a wholesale deal you give me some of it to help cover cover my costs but we'll get you out there and you know i i'm i'm versed enough in the areas of indianapolis that you give me an address i'll tell you what it's worth yeah i love that and so if i just like talk directly to our listeners for a second like if you guys are out there listening to the show and you're like how do i get started find dave in your area like this guy is going to help you get started because it benefits him just as much as it benefits you. You know, if he can, if you oh, yeah. go to him, he's going to say, "This is what I'm looking for in this area. Here's how you find it. Now go out and do the work and find it." Like, why you can be you can be self serving without being pushy. Yeah. Yep. I mean, my Syria group is is I mean, we had 32 people at my. It's called dinner and deals with Dave, and I spend <laughs> like I spend I spend an hour and a half. Going over my flips, showing before, after pictures, showing profit, acquisition, and I lay my heart out on my deals because these guys are not competition. 
they're adversary. You know, they're, they might be adversaries, but the, I've got four guys that are doing a better job in my area of flipping than I am. Two of them worked with me for two or three years, yeah. and they took it to the next level. But yeah. guess what? If I have to have a flip tomorrow, I'll call my other – I said, you got anything going on that you can't use? Let me buy it from you. Yeah. And I'll get a deal from him that way. Yeah. From other guys that, you know, and I'll, I'll do the same to them. I've got two that I would sell out right now because I probably can't get to for a couple of weeks because I'm, we're, and we'll talk about a little bit if you have time about my new, another strategy that we've developed once I've finished reading a book that is, is really pretty awesome book that's really helped change me. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but it's kind of where, where we're trying to hit our new, you know, a different angle in our flip business. Yeah. Just to kind of jump on again what Brandon had brought up, there are legends, or Dave's, in, in every market. There are folks who've been around the block a few times and, and, you know, a lot of the newbies will come in and say, I don't know how to get started. I'm frustrated. And they, they you know, it, it, unfortunately, you know, more people probably quit the business than, than last uh, in the real estate investing game. But I, I think you increase your odds of success by connecting and networking and linking up with guys like you and you know not you know any anyone in your market who's kind of active and successful and and you know I, I do think it makes a lot of sense to try and add value and bring value to particularly the folks who've been around a little bit longer because they've got a historical knowledge they know the market but uh, yeah so if you're a new investor you definitely I I hope you walk away from this show with one thing and one thing, at least one tip, which is next time you go to your local networking meeting, you know, go step up to that guy that that's the guy in the corner that everybody kind of, you know, bows down to and say, hi, introduce yourself. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, if I'm there, I'm going to share. Yep. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not, I go to a lot of, you know, off the wall type meetings just to, you, you just don't know where your next next transaction or opportunities coming from. So you yeah. need to get out there and, and, and share. And, and our group is uh, growing. Our Syria is, is really getting much stronger in our area. So our, our last year our meetings had 10 or 12 people. Now they've got 32, 33 people. So there's a, there's a lot of interest out there and we're, we're approachable. Yeah. yeah and, I and, love that. And there are groups in every area. Yep. Right. And if there aren't, you know, you guys can use our site, you know, jump on bigger pockets, create a, a thread, local networking, you know, who wants to get together in, you know, Dubuque or wherever the heck you are and, and Podunk, Washington. And, <laughs> Somebody and, actually just did that. And uh, they said, hey, who wants to get together in Olympia, Washington, 30 minutes from me? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. And there's like 15 people signed up already. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So use our tools, use bigger pockets. You know, if, if there isn't something already, if, if you are part of groups and you want to, you know, get more folks out, you know, use us for that too. I mean, that, that, that's the networking, that in-person, you know, pressing flesh is, is so, so important. Your site's great. Your tools with the flipping and the wholesaling pricing out. Um, you know, I play, I play with them a lot and put, you know, typically after I have a successful flip, I, you know, put the numbers in and put it in our file. So we have it and it's oh, like, nice. Hey, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. And people can check that out. People can check that out at biggerpockets.com slash analysis, just FYI. Maybe right. we'll get your wife off the, uh, the yellow pad. <laughs> no, I it. have to take the yellow pad and put the system in it. You know, I said, look, this is where we want to get to. Yeah. There okay. you go. 
That's cool. That's cool. Hey, David, I, I know we've got, uh, man, we can probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And, and I think we we're probably getting to, to wrapping up a little bit here, but I just wanted to ask you, you've done a lot. I mean, you've done 2000 transactions. You've been around 44 years. You've got to have a good story or two. I mean, there's, you know, what's your favorite, what's your favorite deal or favorite story or most interesting thing that you like to share with people? Oh man. You know, we've been into some pretty rough houses and, uh, one of the houses that I had went when I, I used to sell kind of how I got interested. In, I used to sell all of Fannie Mae's REOs and okay. in Indiana. I was one of the, you know, so we were going in houses and all kind of stuff. And, you know, we'd do whatever it took to get in, you know, get in a house. It was vacant. So, you know, I'm crawling in a house and I, uh, flip down and there's a dead animal right there. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? And I'm thinking, you know, I jumped up there and ran out, almost had a heart attack. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> okay this is, you know, I'm not sure I want to list Fannie Mae's houses at all costs here. <laughs> yeah. So we've we've had some stuff like that. We've had. Hold we've on, hold on. Have, what, what kind of animal was it? You can't, you can't just like flesh over. It was over. a snake. Oh, it was, oh, a, okay. it was a snake. So, and I'm not. Those big, are the worst. I'm not a fan on snakes. No, me you know, My brother-in-law had one where he he flipped a very similar story, and it was a big snake. So, it's a wonder he didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> nice. I'm doing that, but you know, we've had some flips that we went into and just have been so gross that it's just amazing how how a house had had just said, and the one that was the actually the one I bought from Ben. It was just so bad, and it's the one I didn't tell my wife about. It was kind of a great story. My wife and I talked about it, and I said, it's pretty rough. I think I'm going to pass on it. Man, it sounds like a good idea. So 30 days later, Ben called me and said, hey, we can close. So I'm thinking, who? Okay. So I said, okay, I'll close Friday. This is Wednesday. So we, we closed, and then the next Monday, I told my wife, I said, you need to turn the power on this house. I said, didn't we decide not to buy that house? <laughs> And I said, you know, I think we did, but I called you and you didn't answer, so I just assumed it was okay. <laughs> so we end up. That's the same approach I house. take with my wife. Yep. Well, you know, yep. and uh, but anyway, I got in the house. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's right. This house was so eaten up with termites. I knew I had termites, but not to the extent that I had. That I literally had to rebuild 25 percent of the house. Wow! Oh wow! So it wouldn't fall down. <laughs> But I did when I call one of my strategies in flipping is is prehab. So I go in and do all the hard stuff and make it ready for a rehabber. Oh, okay. So I went in and I framed it, took the termite damage. I think I paid Ben thirty eight thousand for the house, and I put twenty five thousand in prehab, cleaned up the yard, replaced some windows. And then I put it on the market and had multiple offers at ninety thousand dollars in two days. So prehabbing, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I want to dig in on this. I, I was about to move on, but this is this is really interesting. Are you so you you sold that for ninety k to a a rehabber, right? You did the, yes. the the dirty work rehab, and they come in, and they do the easy stuff, cosmetic, yeah. cosmetic. What what did that person end up buying it for, and what they end up selling it for? I don't know if you know. Uh, that person bought it for me for 90, 90 he put sorry. about 60 in it and he sold it for right at 200. 
So you've created a new middleman category that didn't exist before. Right. You know, before it was the wholesaler. Now we're, we're going to start a whole new trend here on bigger pockets and pre. <laughs> oh, I love. I, I do pre. I'm getting ready to do another one. We did one on. Actually, bought that deal from Ben too. Uh, nice. On on in one of the stronger areas, and I really hadn't done any massive rehabs and didn't want to because of time, just to control the deal. Yeah. So I bought this house. I had two dumpsters in the inside of it. Cleaned it out. Well, I went in and I put all new windows in it. I um, uh, took all the bathrooms, all the kitchens out, brought my drywaller in and made it whitewash inside. And I put new hardy plank siding on the house and I just painted the front of it a color that I liked, but not that a wholesaler or whoever flips it. To pick their own color, yep. so sure, I, right? I had the yeah, pretty much. It was a, it was a pretty bright green. I was really bold with it, and, and it it looked gorgeous, by the way. And so then I just put it on the market. I paid thirty eight. I put twenty two in that one. I put it on the market at ninety five and sold it for ninety two. Wow! On it, and the guy I sold it to put sixty in and sold it for two forty. I love this. I love this. So, so where does it, this work though? Like, I mean, is this? Uh, it's it's I've never heard of it, Brandon. I mean, we we've been doing this for a long time. We've never interviewed anybody. Yeah. Have had you heard of anyone doing this kind of middleman pre prehab no. thing? No. So I, I I'm curious. Like, what's the limit? What is the extent of work that you do when you're doing this prehabbing? Wouldn't wouldn't it not just be easier to finish the whole, the job and and sell the finished product? Why why exactly? Well, I, I'm I'm all about. One of my big things is I'm all about return for my investors. Yeah, uh, I you know I either use private money, uh, which is better than hard money but costly money, yep. and I also use JV money, which they're partners with me. Well, not you know my average JV deal, my my returns from my investors are in the low to high twenties. Is is kind of what they're doing on an annualized uh-huh. basis, so. Churn and burn makes that happen yep. fa- fairly easy where I can get returns in the 40, 50, 60% if we get a deal done in 30 days. Yep. Well, what I'm trying to do is I don't have – we're putting these guys in place, by the way. But what I don't have is the skill set of my contractors to go in there and do the job that needs to be done on what's in the marketplace. The finishing job is what the you're talking The finishing about. job. I mean putting new plumbing in, moving yeah. walls putting high-end kitchens in. I put kitchens in, but not necessarily high-ends. Right. Plumbing and, you know, just even like our rehab deals, we put granite everywhere. We put stainless everywhere. We, you know, we really make them nice. So the we're taking – we didn't have the skill set, so the prehab is is a way to go. We're venturing into a couple of the hot areas in our area now. It's Bates Hendricks and Fountain Square. So we're kind of going in there. I'm not sold on the areas yet. But the comps are so damn good. I've got to take a look at it. Yeah, and we bought one at Sheriff Sale. That's a great house. We, you know, we think we stole it. We paid like twenty six for it. We think it's maybe high end at one sixty based on some of the wow. comps that we're seeing. But I think I can do the prehab on that. Make the outside so cutesy that that yuppie that wants to buy that house will come in and think, oh, I can get this done for fifty grand. Well, they probably can. I don't want to do it. I don't want to make their choices. So I'm going to put Hardy on the outside of the house, put new windows in, 
that house will be so damn cute, and it'll be at ninety nine nine when they're looking at everything at one seventy. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take my house, and I'm gonna have fifty in it, and they're gonna they're gonna take it from me for ninety nine, and think they absolutely stole it. Yep. So yeah. you win, they because then they win too because and now they, they get a house that they want. Yep. And I always, you know, I understand what an investor wants to do. And I know what investor needs to make, and I'm going to leave him enough room to do it if he does his job properly. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. so I, I'm okay with that because I can. Yeah. I'm I'm very fortunate. I can. Uh, I'm a good deal finder. I can find it. Dave, there you it, go. it sounds like at the end of the day, the key, one of the keys to success here is not being too greedy. I would agree. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to inch out every end of my. You know, of the profit. It's it's like. You know, we're doing a, a big rehab right now. We're and I, we just don't need to let the guys, whoever works with me, is part of my team. They're going to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to make money. I'm going to pay them properly because then they'll be loyal. You know, if I have a, a problem from a house in the middle of the night at two o'clock, there's four contractors I can call. They'll get up and go do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they know that I'll stand behind them on a job. If they get in the middle of something and they've They've made a mistake. I'm not stupid enough to know they didn't make a mistake. You know right. that I'm I'm going to help them out. You know I don't want them to work for free for me. Yeah. If I'm not working for free, they're not going to work for free. Yeah, I think that generosity, just kind of that mindset of like I want my whole team to succeed here. I want my whole team to succeed here. I think that's just that's that's really good. But uh, yeah. before we move on to the fire round, I have one last question. Just because you mentioned it, uh, you mentioned the, a book you read, and now it's changing the direction of your business. What was that about? Uh, Gary Keller's book. The one thing, or one the one thing. Okay, right on. The one I'll, thing. Yeah, I it's, love that book. It makes so focused in other areas of of my life, and it's it's helped me to. We're changing our whole focus on our rehabbing. We're going to do the churn and burns like we're doing, but we're also going into uh, what I call remodel versus rehab. We think the profit there is three to five times greater going to a remodel versus a rehab. What's the difference? What do you mean? A rehab is paint, carpet, new kitchen, new granite countertops. It's a house that I can put together in 30 days and have on the market and have it sold and done in 90 days. We're a, like one of them, we're going into a Meridian Kessler house, Butler Tarkington, which is a high end, very hot area. You know, we paid 200 for that house and we're putting 110 in it, but we're altering floor plans, making drastic plumbing changes. Making a complete make, making it a new house, right. but we think the value of that house is going to be five fifty when we're done. Wow! So it's, it's and it's it's going to take us the same time as four or five flips, but the X factor is it it might be the profit of ten flips. Wow! Yeah, yeah. on that's it. Awesome. So that's awesome. uh, and we're kind of look. That's the base Hendrix, the Fountain Square, kind of brings that in there if we can itch into it and and always feel comfortable in getting them done. So I get bored with the house after about six months. It's got to be out of my portfolio. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Let's get to the fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right. Today's fire round. Uh, questions come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, which, of course, our listeners can get to by going to biggerpockets.com forward slash forums, which of course you guys should be engaging in there all the time. There's a lot of smart, wicked smart people in there. So Dave's on there. Dave's, yeah, you know, people like Dave. Yeah, it's awesome. So number one, Dave, we're going to throw these at you, fire them at you. Number one, I have a house that I want to sell, but it has zero curb appeal. 
should I fix it up to sell it for top dollar now, like fix it all up, or should I just sell it at a lower price and move on? This is from a flipper. I think you sell it at the higher price if you can if you can recover three dollars or four dollars for every dollar you put in doing the outside of it, then you do the outside of it and move on. Okay. Uh, and and get and get top dollar if it's just an ugly house and it's always going to be an ugly house. Cut your losses and move on. All right. Right on. What typical profit splits for rehab JVs are you looking for? So if you're going to do a uh, JV on a rehab, what what kind of splits are you uh, traditionally doing with partners? My JVs are typically 50-50 on my, on my uh, turn and burn type houses where we get in and out in 30 days. And, but they put up everything. For instance, if I think the acquisition and the rehab is 100, they put up 100. I, I, one of the things I do, I never go back to my investor for more money. So if it goes out to 105, I just fund it until we get it sold and I get my money back then. So the investor knows that he's only in the deal f- in the transaction for a hundred hundred thousand, typically I'm fifty fifty after all expenses and recouping of all the and all that. So it turns out to be pretty fair for my investors, and they they tend to return every time. So yeah, very right cool. On. Number three, how can I find a local mentor to help me learn how to invest in my area? How do I find a guy like Dave Short? Through the Sireas in Indianapolis, there's two or three of them that you can go to and all kinds of meetup that you can go to. I, I think what guys need to do when they're hunting a mentor, which is very – because it becomes a time crunch on myself, yeah. is that we're willing to share. So the seriousness that you're in this transaction or in this you know, wanting a, a business change is very important to – you're better off going to the meetings – I can stay after my meetings an hour, two hours if I need to, to talk with people and answer any of their questions. Sometimes it becomes a lot harder for me to meet them for lunch or meet them for coffee or that kind of thing. So I, I think somebody looking for a mentor, respect that mentor's time yeah. on what you're doing. And that's really hard because it's really hard for me. It's hard for me to say no because I really like helping these guys and girls to to get out and learn our business. It's a it's an often awesome business, and you know what? They're never they're never competition. I never look at them as competition. You know, they're people we work together with. Yep. Yeah. And we all can make a living. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's great. All right, last question. I think I know the answer to this already. But how do you keep track of your repairs and budgets during a flip? The question is, do you use a spreadsheet? I, I believe the answer to that is no. So I'm, I'm wondering, how are you tracking the numbers? We're going to one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. You're um, using Yellow Pad for that too? We basically, uh, I take a picture on my iPad. When I pay a bill, send it to her. She writes all the checks, Okay. 90% of the checks. She'll meet the contractors and pay them and, and keep the records. We do most of our buying at Lowe's under Pro Services and some of the others. And you know, we actually charge everything on American Express to keep a record of everything that goes through Lowe's. Yep. You know, there's a there's a twofold there. Gosh, I get and I got four hundred thousand reward points, so I nice. can you know I'm going to take yeah. a nice vacation next year. So, Sounds but it, it helps us keep track of that. But we actually do a pretty good job. And you know, I call my wife day before the house is going to close. She'll have everything we got in that house on my desk in, in a couple hours. So works awesome. for us. I love it. And it just shows that, you know, so many people get caught up in like, oh, what tools do I have to use? And what da, 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 da. And Oh, I, I, I get that. And I said, you know, start with the basics. Go, go find the deal. Part of my yeah. Syria group here is like, you know, I want you guys here. I love you being here. 
But here's the deal. Here's the rule. I want you to do a deal in a year. You know, don't be here if you're not going to do a deal. We're yeah. here to do deals. Yep. Yeah. There's a, uh, I read a, in a business book recently. I wish I remember what book it was, but they talked about Stephen King's pen. And he said, they call this concept, or Stephen King's pencil. And what, what the, the, quote comes from or this line Stephen King pencils every time Stephen King speaks at like a conference or whatever inevitably somebody in the audience will ask asking all these questions well what pencil do you use like that makes a difference in his writing right so like like you know people think like oh if I use this spreadsheet or this thing or like this is going to make me successful this one tool that this experienced person used and like the bottom line is you just get out there and do it like you go out and do that deal so anyway love that all right cool all right let's move on to the world famous Famous All right, these questions are asked every week of every guest. So, Dave, we're going to throw them at you. Number one, what is your favorite real estate book? From, I mean, I'm going to call Gary Keller's real estate book the one thing. Uh, he's obviously been involved with Keller Williams. Yeah. And I've read all of The Millionaire. And I've read all of his books. So that's right now that's my favorite book. I'm, cool. I love that book. Yeah. And there's a couple of – there's an obscure – not obscure. He's around. It's a Frank McKinney Jr., He's mm-hmm. wrote a couple books called Burst This, and he's a flipper in California or in uh, Florida. And he's got three or four books out the tap. And he started flipping $70,000 houses with nothing in Florida. And his last house, he became a builder, builder of spec houses. And his last spec house was uh, $50 million. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool story. Pretty yeah. cool that's, story. That's wild. Cool. That's wild. So, uh, the next question is usually favorite business book. You got any business books outside of the one thing? I, uh, I'm a big Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power and Waking the Giant. Those okay. books have been instrumental in, in uh, you know, it, it teaches you how to communicate with people at a diff- at their level. Yeah. I just watched Tony Robbins' uh, TED Talk the other day uh, while I was working out, and I was like super motivated to work out. Oh, this guy. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Who's yeah, taller, you or him, Brandon? I think he's 6'5". I think he might be 6'6". Six, six. He might be an inch taller. 6'7". Six, six, Is he really 6'7"? Yeah. Oh, so he's taller than me by a couple inches. Yeah, I should wrestle. I will wrestle Tony Robbins any day. You get him on the show, Josh. Me and Tony are going to do a wrestle. All awesome. right. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, what do you do for fun outside of real estate? I'm a poker player. Nope. Oh. Ah. I like to golf. And uh, my grandkids. Right on. Cool. Those three things take up my, uh, take up my time. I love all of them. And- cool. Sounds good. All right, my last question. Dave, what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from all those others who give up, they fail, or they just never get started? I thought about this a lot. I mean, it, it, the cliche is, I mean, the honesty and having integrity in, in the way you do your business. If you come across and, and you're all about making that person you're trying to do business with warm and fuzzy, and that's you know developing trust. And it, it's like, it's amazing. And it, it's something that I'll just kind of tell you. It's like, I've been on bigger pockets and I've, I've done some posts and I've had some guys call me because of my post and say, Hey, how much money do you need to do deals? I, I'm willing to do this. I want to, I'm ready to send some, send some money because of the way I've answered other posts and in recommending people and being straightforward with, with a newbie on, on how they, I mean, I, you know, guys know me. I don't really pull any punches. It is what it is. And, and I'm just saying, okay, I don't, I don't want your money. I said, I'll send you my paperwork. If you like it, then we'll talk further, but I just don't take your money and you should never give your money to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah. it's a pretty trusting, you know, uh, the, the people on your site are very trusting and they're just a sponge for information. And, I, you know, I enjoy giving it. it. It's, it's, it's fun trying to see, you know, I love when one of the new, newbies in our office that want to do something, do something and do it right and make it, whether it's the first sale or something else where, you know, we're all over helping them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And ju- just to point out real quick, that is one of the benefits of, you know, posting on bigger pockets. If you are an experienced guy like uh, like Dave listening to the show, you know, just offering advice and stuff, you just build that networking, you can help people out and who knows, maybe they'll end up becoming investors for you someday in the future as That's a byproduct. So. Yeah, and to add, you know, to to the to the newbies, I mean, you know, a lot of people join our platform and and you know, they'll create an account and then they'll never do anything. You know, you yeah. you might as well be a, a fly on the wall at a local networking meeting. You know, you're not there. You're not present. You're not communicating. You're not talking. Nobody sees you. So, in order to be seen, in order to build a network, in order to start fostering relationships with folks, you got to step up and actually do something. And and so, I you know I can't encourage that enough. Go ahead, create an account, sign up, find local guys in your area on the site. It's free. Just start networking, talking to them, ask them what they yeah. got going on. They don't, newbies don't understand, and they need to understand this, that they bring benefit. Yep. Yeah. They, they bring benefit. We, we didn't, you know, I might know what it is in two weeks. You know, I might know, you know, it's something by you know that I know. I mean, it's like they bring benefits. So it's not, they're, they're, they're not a pest. Yep. yep. You know, they no, bring that's, benefit. That's yeah. great. Well, if you are somebody who has not yet done so, go, go to www.biggerpockets.com, create your free account. Get in there, start networking, start connecting on the forums, and make and make that happen. Okay, Dave. Before I let you go, what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? Probably interact through me through bigger the bigger pockets forums. Right. On. I'm very good about being on it and uh, answering any colleague requests or emails that I might get through that. Great. Perfect. And Perfect. of course, we on the show notes page at the bottom of a uh, biggerpockets.com/slash/show. 174. People can ask kind of questions there about today's show and they can comment and uh, hopefully Dave will jump in there as well. So. And we'll have links yeah. to David's profile in there. Yep. So. Cool. Perfect. All right, Dave. Well, thanks so much for coming on board. We really do appreciate it. I, I'm sure we could sit here for hours and hours with as yeah. much as you've done and we, we just really appreciate you giving us uh, a little bit of your time to, to chat with everybody. Okay. I enjoyed it. All right, Dave. All right, Dave. Thanks. See you around. Thanks. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was Dave Schwartz. That was? As opposed to Dave Tall. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Josh, funny guy. Wow, you're good. No, that was a a great show. Uh, Like you said at the beginning of the show, it's like sitting down with, you know, just your local mentor, like this local wise investor who's been doing this forever and just picking their brain. And I I love those conversations. I I just love them because you learn and you grow as a person because of them. It was awesome. It felt that way when we were talking to him. And, and I, I love that he, he was so encouraging of, of the listeners to go and do that themselves as well yeah. to him and obviously uh, to other folks in the local area of yeah. our listeners. So, And just to, just to reiterate the point we made earlier, like, again, there are guys like Dave in every single area. Uh, you know, a lot of them are on bigger pockets. You can interact there. A lot of them at local real estate clubs. A lot of them are just out there doing business in your area. So go on and find them and, you know, be respectful of their time, but go out and, and introduce yourself. See if you can add value to them, learn from them, you know, help them out. And yeah, I just think that's such valuable, valuable advice. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's one takeaway from this show to you, the listener, and that's it. If you're not doing that, if you're, if you haven't ever started, never done a deal, 
uh, or even if you're, you know, just having done your first deal or so, uh, you know, do that. That, yeah. you know, is an action, actionable step that you can take right now, today. Find that person. Find, you know, if there's not a meeting for three, four weeks, we'll jump on bigger pockets. Seek out local active real estate investors in your area. Go to biggerpockets.com slash meet and you can find those people. Find them. Go out there today and, and, and say hi to somebody, you know, introduce yourself. Well, tell them who you are and, and ask them a question about what they're doing. I mean, that's, that's a relationship. That's how things happen. That's how you start to make moves. That's how you learn the business. And, and, yeah. you know, there's, there's no excuse for failure if you're doing that. And, and so make sure you go out and do that. Yeah. Solid advice, Josh. Dorgan. I love it. Well, you know, once in a while I get it right. Yeah. Once in a while. All yeah. right. Cool. Let's Everything else good, man? Oh, you know what's good? What's good? Silicon Valley. That's what's good. Oh, I haven't started watching the new season yet. Oh, man. It's Sorry. so good. If I, did you guys, start, I did watch the first episode of Game of Thrones of yesterday. Of course you did. Of course, of course I did. you did. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't gotten into it yet. I, one of these days, I'm going to just sit down and, <laughs> um, and do it. But uh, It'll suck the next like six months of your life away. But Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of. Cool. Have a, lot of All right, a lot of tears will be shed. Yeah, I hear they kill pretty much everybody off. You know, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just kill yeah. off. I won't go there. All right. Fine. <laughs> cool, man. Well, good times, good stuff. Again, big, big thanks to Dave. Thank you for listening. Please jump on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, wherever it is that you absorb and listen to the show and leave us a rating and review. Uh, those things do definitely help us. And call your local library. Uh, do that, yeah. And check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com <laughs> slash show 174. With that, I'm Josh Dorkin. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.